You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hello, brothers and sisters. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Jesus is Better, the, the podcast. podcast. Back today with me is... It's me. It's your boy H. H. Dizzle. <laughs> Hansley. Hansley Musat. My name is Chuck Newkirk. We are here together to think about another topic related to Jesus is better. Indeed, indeed. There is no shortage of things we could talk about. Amen to that. What do you want to talk about today? Today, let's talk about servitude. Servitude. Yes, sir. All right. Service, that's a huge issue in the scriptures, Indeed. brother. Indeed. And certainly um, in the context we're in right now, more difficult than we would be accustomed to. Indeed. So how do you want to get this party started? Well, um, let me ask you a question. Okay. Have you ever done a service project when you were younger? And what's one that stands out to you? A service project when I was younger. Well, um, frankly, I was in trouble constantly. So I did a lot of service projects. Um, Most of my growing up years, uh, until really I was probably into uh, 12th grade. Uh By then, a lot of it was ironed out. But prior to that, pretty much every year, I was assigned some kind of multi-stage service project. Um, uh, One of the times I remember (laughs) the most distinct was I was in sixth grade. I don't remember what I'd done that time at school, but I was assigned to uh, clean up the outside of the school. So Mm. it was hot. I lived in Clarksville, Tennessee, and it was sweaty, humid there. Uh And I had to clean up the school. And a lot of trash. I remember the older kids honking at me, yelling at me, throwing cans at me. Oh, yeah, it was brutal. What did you do, man? I don't remember. Wow. But it it wasn't anything particularly juicy that I recall, but I got what I was due. Gotcha. So, how about you? Any service projects? Um, Not really. No? I was a good to shoot, man. Like, yeah, we don't have that in common. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, not really. I can't think of the off the top of my head. So. Yep. It was a different day. Um, that same year, I remember my math teacher, uh-huh. uh, he had a paddle. And uh, if you did something kind of bad, he would just paddle you. But if you really pushed it, then he would have you squirt. He would have you bend over uh-huh. with your head like two inches from the wall. Yep. And then he'd swat your hiney and Yo, your head would nail the wall. It is a different day. That happened. Can you imagine all that today? The time. In Haiti, like that's that is the norm. Like, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm talking like, because I came to the States when I was 10, so I'm talking like elementary, <laughs> like young kids, and the teacher has like a four by four. Oh yeah. Like yep. holes see? in it so you can get some more speed. Oh yeah. <laughs> So it like, if you're in trouble, like, and it, you don't have to do anything. You just miss an answer wrong. Mm. He's like, you, you, they ask you what's three times five or whatever. And you don't know the answer right away. You yep. get the wrong answer. You put your hand out and boom, they smack your hand wow. with the wood. And sometimes it hit the wrist bone. But then if you get in real trouble, same thing, man. Bend over. 
when when I think about what Scripture teaches in relationship to service, uh-huh. one of the things that stands out to me the most is before service being something we do is the fact that the Scriptures tell us that we are servants, that it's an identity, yeah, that it's a part of what it means to be saved, a uh-huh. Christian. Um, any thoughts about that? Yeah, um, definitely agreed. I think... Um... Like, it, it is beyond just something we do in response to something. So, like, a lot of times we can think of service as, you know, um, I see a need and I'm responding to that. But it's more of this is something I do in light of. Like, this mm-hmm. is in light of the fact that I am a servant. Yeah. I have the the privilege, the ability, and the capacity to serve. So, in, 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 in a lot of sense, it is more of like an identity, like a doulos. Like there's there's something inherently in my nature as a believer that I am called to do. And my role as a servant is part of my very identity. Yeah. Not just, you know, not just a verb, but like a noun. Like yeah. I am a servant. So, yep. yeah, I definitely agree. That's good. Do you use the word doulos? What is that? Doulos, slave, Greek. Um, I, 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 while I was going to seminary, um, someone made the observation, or I think Piper may have come out with a book around that time or something about... Um, he does every other week. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, coronavirus drops yep. Yep. a week and a half later. He's got a new like, book out. A whole book. Yep. I, I honestly thought it was going to be like a blog or something. It's like a whole like yeah, that dude chapter, work it. thoughtful... So, shout out to Piper. So, doulos means slave. Yeah. yeah. Greek. Yep. So, uh, in the world of the scriptures, to be called uh, a servant or even, in this regard, a slave, uh-huh. a slave of Christ, right. is an honor. It's a privilege. It's a gift. It's um, not at all what we think of in terms of um, the horrific the nature of, of American slavery. Right. Yeah. So, being a, being a servant... Um, is an identity that then is lived out Correct. in terms of our uh, behaviors. Um, brother, how do you think we know where to plug in in terms of service, especially in a church context? How do we figure that out? There's always stuff that needs to be done. How do we best discern where to serve? Yeah, so, um, you know, there's, there's various things. Like I've seen things where, or I've seen different ways churches try to address this, whether they do like a spiritual gift test or something. Like I, I've never done it myself, but I've, I just, I've often yeah, heard those about them in announcements. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, like individually, if you're trying to discern what does God have for me to do and what it is specifically that I should be serving in, um, you know, consider the, the areas of need um, in your church. Consider ways in which... Um, you know, God is allowing you to sense a specific need that perhaps everyone else, you know, don't even see it. And so, you know, never negate the fact that, um, you know, God has uniquely shaped each and every one of us. And part of the beauty of the body of Christ is they're able to sort of decipher things. Each individual is able to sort of do things in very unique ways. And so mm. that very sense or that very urge or that very need that perhaps you see is something that um, pr- could be addressed. Don't assume that it's going to be taken care of. Yeah, yeah. Like consider ways in which first you identify that need and 
you know, approach the eldership, approach the leaders and just, just bring it, bring it about in conversation. Um, and, and then from there, you know, um, see, see how you can help serve in that capacity. Um, here at Church on Mill, I think another practical thing you can do is, you know, talk to the various deacons in, in the ministries right. and, and ask, you know, initiate that conversation. Like, don't expect for a spreadsheet of here are the tasks that we're looking for mm-hmm. um, to just sort of land on your lap. Like, That's have cool. those conversations and that could be another avenue that you can um, see ways to help. But then also realize that just because a, a help is needed, it you helping may not be the best thing. You know, like there are times when someone's willingness to help may actually hinder a process. And you <laughs> have to be okay with that as well. Like recently, you know, we, we just finished a move. Um, and there's a lot of people who are like willing to help. Your family, you mean? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Move, yeah. So our, our family recently moved. And, you know, I think the blessing of, of the fact that a lot of people wanted to help was a great thing. But then you also realize that, okay... You know, if I've got a, a, a five-year-old niece who wants to help me carry, you know, the TV, that's probably not the best suitable ways she can help. And although she, like, genuinely desires yeah. to do the task right then and there, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably not it. And so I think part of service as well is realizing that the desire in and of itself is not sort of a license for you to just go about and do whatever you want. Like, truly consider the fact that um, you know, express that need. And yes, there is a need for that TV to be carried. Um, but, you know, God may have called or may have equipped someone more suited for that particular role and being okay with that as well. So so I, I think, um, you know, there are various ways to go about it. But if you really think about the way God has gifted and wired you, coupled with the needs that you see within the church, um, I think those two things could be a good way to at least start deciphering next steps for you. Mm, that's good. Really so, helpful. What about you? What, um, as a pastor of a church, like what, like what are, what are the things that helps you in determining where varying people ought to be serving? And in particular, um, when you think about, you know, deacons and eldership, like what are some of the steps and processes you think of to have the right people doing the right things sure. at the right time. Sure, yeah. Um, two, two things come to mind, brother. One is uh, the scriptures tell us in multiple places, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, uh-huh. those would be the key texts that speak of spiritual gifts, in that when we're converted, one of the things that happens, one of the dozens of things God does, is he, through the Spirit, gifts us with a special um, ability to contribute to the body of Christ. Gotcha. And uh, sometimes those things seem like concurrent with people's personalities. Like you could tell, oh, that person was already kind of bent toward X. And then after they're regenerated, then uh, they just become even more equipped for that. Other times, the Lord seems to uh, <laughs> work in such a way that he gifts someone with a spiritual gift that seems in some ways even contrary to their innate personality. Gotcha. But uh, so helping people identify, um, you know, when you brought up spiritual gifts assessment earlier, I said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Years ago, I wrote one of those. Oh. Um, and part of my job in a previous church was to administer that test. Gotcha. And it was part of a new, new members clinic class. 
And really, the, I think the problem with those is it tends to communicate to people, oh, just take a test and then you know what your spiritual so gift is. So what is it? Is it like an actual like paper test you're taking? Yep, yep. We, we had, um, we, we didn't, li- we didn't like all the ones that we, we could find out there. So we decided to create our own, uh-huh. which a lot of the great stuff churches produce, that's how they come about is they're, they're created in house. Uh-huh. Like my favorite children's Bible, for example, was written by, uh, David Helm uh-huh. and it grew out of a need, a, a pastor of a local church about the same size as our church. Uh-huh. Their kids needed a curriculum that suited their theology. So the best sensing a need. Yep. And- yep. Yep. So I think those kind of things are really great. Uh-huh. But um, the problem, I think, with spiritual gifts assessments or tests is you're, you're asked a series of questions that essentially are based on your, your th- existing thoughts about something or your previous experience with it. Uh-huh. It's not actually testing. Do you have this ability or not? Gotcha. Uh, and really, the best way to figure out how God's gifted you is jump in, get involved, and you're going to find experientially that there is something. And if you're curious what the categories are, read 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4. The gifts are listed there. Gotcha. If you're unsure, how where am I gifted? Read those, read those scriptures and start serving. And I think most of us, it's not like the heavens open and the spirit descends on us as a dove and we are told in an audible voice, here's what I've gifted you. And I think we, we, we intuit based on experience and the feedback we get from others and the amount of joy we have in doing a particular thing. Right. Oh, God's gifted me for that. Yeah. And then that would become the, like the principal primary way you want to be contributing to the body because that's why God has you here is right, to right. contribute in that way. That's good. So this, that's the first thing I would think of. The second thing is um, kind of on the opposite end in terms of uh, formality. That's a pretty formal thing. Like I think the ongoing formal ways you're serving in a church ought to be principally based on spiritual gifts. Uh-huh. But probably 90% of a church's ministry is more informal. It's the non-Sunday morning stuff. Right. It's the daily one another's as we're contributing and helping each other out. Uh-huh. And yeah, you might be you, you, you might be gravitating towards the things you're gifted in, but really that's more just the ordinary common Christian life of encouraging each other, loving each other, serving each other. Right. And uh, one of the things I love the most about our church is that we have a growing understanding of our own responsibility as members to contribute to each other's spiritual development. And that kind of service is, is endless. Um, and the opportunities are, um, magnificent and wonderful. And so many of them feel tiny, but Uh man, they add up over time. Right. So I just want to be encouraging people toward that one anothering. And part of, the blessing of COVID-19, and I do think there are some blessings of this, right. is it's it's kind of ripped all the formality out right. and all that's left is the informal stuff. Right. So if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like, okay, my, my ministries are gone, what am I supposed to do? 
then I would just encourage you. This is a great gift of God to help you see. Your ministries have come. Yep, exactly. What can you do? Yep. Right. Yep. That's good, man. Because, yeah, cause, and, and I feel like there, there's the other benefit to that, too, is in those contexts, those informal contexts in serving, like people get to see some of those giftings, yep. right? And so they can speak into your life yeah. and they can sort of encourage you for when those formal ministries do occur. Like, you know what? Like, you are actually pretty, you know, like, have you considered and things that you're not even thinking mm-hmm. about or can even see in yourself, you know, in those formal, informal contexts um, and settings, like, people are able to kind of affirm those gifts in you and see them in action and then you know, call you towards considering some of those more formal things yep. that people usually think of in Absolutely. regards to service. So Absolutely. that's good, man. Yeah, that's totally, good. totally agree. Um, brother, has there been a time or two that you have felt particularly served and could just uh, make much of the Lord by r- recounting? A story or two? Anything stand out to you? Oh, man. Off top. Um, the consistency of Kent, Hardy, mm. Pat Nickel, mm. and yourself. And just over the years, you know, everything from a commitment to weekly gathering and looking at the scriptures together or just a phone call like, hey, how you doing? Or let's catch some lunch or let's go through this entire menu at this Thai restaurant, you know, one week at a time. And in the process, like just really pouring into me, the truths of God and the scriptures, like by far, this has been like, that has been the most served I've ever felt in my whole life. Um, Praise God. um, Also, I've had like some great friends and family members, I think of the mockers in particular, and just the ways that they have served me over the years. Yeah. Um, everything from providing shelter to um, helping me learn new skills and like all of those things that, um, you know, that till this day I'm benefiting and reaping mm-hmm. from. In fact, mm-hmm. I was um, going back to this move. I was um, I was talking to my nephew. And he was sort of helping me, and um, he's 16 now, and we're okay. just kind of like working through, like, here's a tool, here's how to use yep. it. And I'm just realizing, like, man, five years ago, I didn't know any of this stuff. Uh-huh. And the reason why I'm at the point now where I can teach someone else is because someone took the time to teach me yeah. and served me in that way. Yep. Um, and so, and that's how the Christian life is designed to amen. work. Amen. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's just a beautiful thing when... The unexpected things in the mail that that brings about encouragement or you know the the invite to a meal that you didn't have to pay for or um the the offer to watch the kiddos and let you rest like all of those things like um i i can think of a lot of things mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. this past two weeks mm-hmm. of how i've been served so um it's it's a blessing man for sure praise god what a gift. Wonderful Amen. to hear. Um, that's the experience the Lord would desire for all his people right. to be having um, is just rolling up our sleeves and looking for ways to initiate and to serve one another, even as Jesus served us. One more. Um, today, in fact, I'm chilling between services. Jeremy was like, you know, do you have any need? And 
off the top of my head, like the only thing I was thinking of was my guitar has been like buzzing or whatever. And for weeks I've been wanting to do it, but I've been in the process of like trying to move and helping my brother move. And so I just haven't had the time. So I, I was thinking, okay, my rotation ends this week and I'll have three weeks where maybe one of these Saturdays I'll take it or whatever. Um, so I, I just kind of like lightly brought up the fact that, you know, my guitar is something that I've been thinking about having checked out because it's mm-hmm. just doing some weird stuff. Right before we're about to record this podcast, Jeremy shows up. Wow. Grabs my guitar and was like, I'll take care of it. I'll give you a call. And I mean, like, that's, again, I, within these two weeks, I can think of countless ways in mm-hmm. which I've been served. And mm-hmm. I, I, it's truly a blessing. So mm-hmm. that's beautiful. That. That's, um, you know, the reason the church is called the body of Christ is uh, he's not physically here. He's here by means of the spirit. Amen, amen. But the hands and feet, the all the activity that is a, being accomplished in the world physically is being done by the church. The church. People. That's good stuff. That's what's up. Yeah, really grateful for that. Um, Hansley, I wonder, uh, one of the challenges that folks can have is sometimes the people who really, really are great at serving really suck at being served. What's yeah. up with that? Yeah, um, it's just one of those things. Um, you know, pride has many faces and um, you don't really think of it as pride, but the reality is um, in your mind, you're thinking, I don't want to inconvenience someone. And so I want to serve them by denying this request, <laughs> right? But you're not really seeing the fact that this request is coming about because of a need that they see, which you may not see. Yep. And so I think it's, you know, learning to have that paradigm shift and understanding that you're not the only person who can serve, mm. right? Like, and others are not the only people who need service, right? right? And so I think there's a level of humility that is required to have that paradigm. And then from there, I think, you know, the... the the, the battle is mostly mental. Once you can really see that, um, then also realize that, you know, it is a blessing to serve. Like, when someone is seeking to serve me, like, that is a blessing to them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of cliched, like, you know, don't rob somebody of their blessing, right? Right when, when you deny it. But, but it's, it's, it's in a way, like, you are, um, you're not helping the cause. When someone sees a need, and wants to serve, and all you're doing is denying it. Yeah. So, um, so I, I'm learning more and more that, um, you know, out of consideration of others, um, me denying it is 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 not helpful. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's okay for me to accept that. Like you offered me bread, and I'm just like, now nah, I'm good. I'm thinking, wow, you know, like I had a slice. It's good. And if you bring me more, I'm just like, nah, I'm good. But I'm like, man, Joshua's going to love this bread at the same time mm-hmm. in my head. And so being at a place where like, okay. Yeah, like, he is really talking about bread. Actual bread. Actual I did bread. Bring I just some learned bread. about this, by the way. It's like, faux bread. It's not real bread. Yeah, it's, man. It's seven nut and seed <laughs> bread. It's simple, natural, primal, and apparently it's faux bread because 
there is no weed in that bad boy. Yep. Uh, so, you know, which I got that because somebody else was serving me by bringing me some bread that I could eat because I can't eat normal bread. Wow. So, that's what's up. It just keeps on coming. Yeah. After three services, you know, the boy was a little hungry and we're about to do this podcast. And I was like, okay, Chuck just brought out a bread. That's what's up. And then he brings out more. And I'm like, no, 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 I ain't going to take more bread. But I'm like, yo, that's really what's up. So, I had two slices. And what you hear right now is a bag of more bread. Thanks to my brother. Yep. Willing to serve me. So So the podcast today is brought to you by... It's brought to you by the servants of the Lord, the Dulas. <laughs> Shout out to Base Culture. If you want a sponsorship, I'll let your boy. I appreciate... Is that the brand though? Let's see. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know who the bread was made by. It's woman owned, it says. Keep refrigerated. Up. Yeah. All right. Anyways, Base Culture looks like it. Base Culture. All right. Base culture, thank you for the bread. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate your kind of directness in saying a, 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 a refusal to accept the informal ministry of others uh, is often rooted in pride. That's yeah, very man. true. For me. Yeah. Me too, for sure. Um, there have been all kinds of cool things that have happened. Um, you know, this, some of the stories you've shared, I've, I'm hearing repeated the last several months, especially people, you know, having drive-by birthday parties, uh, baby showers, chalking each other driveways um, for birthdays, That's pretty um, taking food to people who can't get out. Um, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on of, of practical things that folks have been doing to just try to help each other get through a hard time yeah um those are some real beautiful things that the lord um, has been doing that i'm so grateful for um what what about i'm at home and i'm an introvert and i struggle to just out of the blue hit somebody up and see if there's something i could do for them how do how do we start peeling the layer layers back where uh, those that are personality-wise, they're just more reserved. And that kind of initiation feels super, super scary. Any thoughts about how somebody listening to the podcast? Yeah, um, I would, you know, I would ask you, like, um, yes, you are an introvert personality-wise, but who are you biblically, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and if we're really saying that servants are God's people as an identity, as a doulos, then, you know, I would challenge you not to sort of use the introvert, um, how would I say this, sort of your, your personality as an introvert as the trump all to not even try, right? Because I think um, the Christian life has its challenges and the things that God calls us to um, some of those things are difficult. And for some people, uh, or extroverts in particular, it's easy for them to just sort of go out and initiate those conversations. Whereas for an introvert, that's where the difficulty mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the extrovert will have his or her own difficulties in other areas. But for you, introvert, like, yes, it's difficult. I hear you, but I'm not sympathetic as to think that Okay, well, since you're an introvert, then I get it. Like, no, like, what's the in call that, is still what's a in call. that bread, bro? <laughs> I'm feeling aggressive. 
<laughs> I'm doing this real talk though. Sure, I mean, sure. like, um, so for you at home, the introvert, you have no excuse. There's still a call. Um, well, before that, I don't want you to just be like, okay, I'm just gonna muster up the courage. Like, mm. really think about what we talked mm. initially. There's this paradigm of consider yourself as gods, right? Consider yourself as like, um, as an identity, as a servant of God, and He's equipped you to do that. Yep. Right, and and I think you know it's it's a lifelong process that we grow in, but it is that identity that you own to and you claim and you respond to and you act out of even when it doesn't feel like your natural self can do it, right? Because because that's when you're sort of transitioning towards, okay, spiritually here's who I am, yeah, that's and a good word. here through Christ is how I can do that. So that call may be one of the biggest steps of faith you mm-hmm. take because mm-hmm. you're like, okay. The scriptures say this, right? Serve, serve one another, and and I'm seeing a need, and I'm going to initiate that need, and uh, nothing naturally in me feels like this is what I'm supposed to be doing mm. because of my innate personality. But I'm going to step beyond myself, and I'm going to commit myself to initiate that conversation in light of my identity in Christ, in light of the fact that you know I am a slave of Christ. And he empowers me to do all things. And he strengthens me in the process. So, yeah, I, I, um, maybe that's not the, the answer you were expecting. But uh, this is not, um, yeah, no, no, no softballs for you. You guys got to get up and get right. Agreed. Yes, sir. Um, the, uh, a verse that came to mind as you were talking in Ephesians chapter 2, a really brilliant articulation of, the gospel and how we're saved. And then it ends that section in verse 10. Um, well, if I back up one, one verse, not a result of work so that no one should boast talking about our, the gift of salvation, uh-huh. the whole process from beginning to end is all a work of grace. And then that, that paragraph ends with for we are his workmanship uh, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand yeah, so that walk, we should walk in know, them. Yeah. Yep. So part of the very reason why we're saved, created in Christ Jesus, that's talking about being born again, right. created anew, um, is for those kinds of good works. Amen. And they will be stretching, but not stretching in a way that's damaging, stretching in a way that's... Um, promoting more and more strength so yeah stepping stepping out being willing to do something that might feel risky that there might be some rejection that you might not get the response you're expecting uh that you might not be very good at at first that you might find oh i'm not going to do that again uh but that may be the very thing that god has laid out beforehand that you should walk in it right right yeah and to your other question, right? What is in that bread? I'll tell you straight up. Okay. We got water. Okay, water. Eggs. Eggs. Almond butter. Oh. Arrowroot flour. Mm, I love that. Golden flake seed meal. Mm. Honey. Mm. Cassava flour. Oh, come on. Psyllium <laughs> husk powder. <laughs> I don't know what that is, bro. P S Y L L I U M. Psyllium? Mm. Yeah. Apple cider vinegar. Pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds. Let's go. Is it chia or kaya? 
Well, you have to take that up with uh, somebody else. All right. That seeds. Flax seed. C, salt. Baking soda. Pecans. Hemp. Hearts. Did you say hemp? Hemp. We've been having hemp. Hearts. Okay. hearts. <laughs> it might high explain some of your behavior. <laughs> Our hearts are high to the Lord. <laughs> um, brother. So wait, so it's not faux bread. It's all natural. It's about as, as natural as you can get. Yeah, but everything else we're used to. Mm, that's that, true. Yeah. No wheat. Right. No bread. Yeah. All right, fair enough. What else in relationship to service should we chat about? Um, you know, I want to talk to, you know, perhaps the person who um, is serving and is on the brink of a burnout and mm. don't even know it. Yeah. Like, just making sure that, you know, there's there's time for rest as well. Amen. And there will always be a need. And don't... Um, you know, meet the needs that God brings before you, but also don't feel guilty when the rest is necessary, yeah. right? Like, don't feel guilty when the God of the universe creates the Sabbath for man. Right. Like, there's there's a design in that as well. Yeah. And the, the heart that wants to serve and serve and serve and serve and, and sees the needs and the greater needs and now in a pandemic and um, like just the, the moment we live in in history, there's just this vast need um you know i think that the 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 flip side of it is you know that person that just always wants to serve and always wants to serve um it it can be to their detriment if they're not careful yep um in terms of their you know their ability to serve and so part of that rest is to allow you to be renewed for service and so um yeah that engine is going to run much smoother when the tank is full mm. and um, I, I, I know you see the destination you just pedal to the floor all the way but go ahead and slow down let the engine warm up and fill up the gas tank and then when you do go you'll be more efficient in the process so that's that's the one thing that came to my mind sure what yeah. about you we certainly see that in Jesus' life uh-huh. as uh, he at key moments was uh, so exhausted and uh, slept, uh, drew away from the crowds, took his disciples with him. Um, and, you know, those weren't times for uh, endless hobbying. That actually just makes you more tired. Right. He, he was physically resting. Right. And certainly a hobby can help with that. But I think we confuse rest and, and recreation. They're not exactly the same thing. Um, but yeah, if, if you run in the red too long, not going to be anything left to, right. to do. Uh, and that, that is, um, definitely some, some brothers and sisters that are prone to that of, of whom I'm certainly one. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. Good yeah. Now. We could follow Jesus example uh, for sure. Um, I think I would just want to encourage, uh, the church that, uh, this this pandemic, it's clear now that this is going to last a while. And certainly when it started, it wasn't abundantly clear that we would be talking uh, months and months and months and months, not weeks. Right. And so as this is kind of going on and on and on, one of my concerns is that 
um, people um, unknowingly find themselves down and discouraged and distant, um, first from uh, their church, but then from their Lord. And one of the principal ways to not get down in the doldrums and stay there is to make sure that you're contributing. And here, I'm not talking about money. I'm thinking about contributing to the benefit of other people spiritually. Right. So um, as, as hard as it is, I think about the young parent who's got nowhere to take their kid like they're used to. Right. No daycare, uh, schools are closed. Yep. Um, I think about the, the vulnerable person that really shouldn't be leaving their house. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about the person who's um, working from home now and that space between work and home is just gone. And so they are just exhausted. Uh-huh. Um, in, in all these situations, the, the solution um, isn't, well, contributing to the needs of the body can wait. Um, but rather it's, Lord, what good work have you set before me today? Who can I serve? Even if it's some very small part of the day, what con- contribution can I make to another brother or sister uh, particularly here at Churchill Mill, uh, friends, being sure that we keep that in mind is going to go a long, long ways to help us get through this experience and be better on the backside of it rather than um, a lot further from the Lord and his people. But I think we're going to have to work at it, and it's going to take more commitment than it used to. Gotcha. And so I just want to encourage us to lean in in that way. Um, and to make sure that we're not so swallowed up in our own stuff, even though it'd be very understandable why somebody would be right now, but to look for moments in which we can contribute to one another's good. Amen. That's good. So thank you, church, for giving some time here to listen to us. Thank you, Hansley, for sitting with me again. My pleasure. We are finding together that in this momentary trial, there's an eternal truth. That truth is better. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.